Welcome to the journey of you, where we equip you to think with purpose, empower you to act in purpose, and encourage you to live on purpose. Hi, I'm Tony. I love to learn and I love to teach. As a coach, I get to do both. I get to learn about you and about the ways that I can help you. Then I get to teach you how to reach those goals you've set for yourself. Infidelity in my marriage has affected me unlike anything else that I have experienced. It stripped me of my confidence and self-worth and caused a level of insecurity that wasn't there before. I lost sight of who I was as a woman before I ever became a wife or a mother. But through God's love and grace, I slowly began to see myself as he sees me. Loved, chosen, accepted, enough, worth dying for. I realized that my identity was solely in Christ, not in a man or his actions, or his search to validate things in him that had nothing to do with me. I matter, and so do you. That's why I want to help you see yourself the way that God sees you, one mindset shift at a time. In order for you to get started today, you can go to www.thejourneyofyou.net forward slash five truths. Again, that's www.thejourneyofyou.net forward slash five truths. And let's get you started thinking with purpose today. to the Journey of You podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Martha Ellis, and I cannot wait for you all to meet her and get to learn more about her. Good morning, Martha. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to be here. I'm kind of humbled and and a little anxious, I have to admit. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally okay. Totally okay. We're just going to have a conversation. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I was born and raised in a little town located in the very southeastern corner of Wyoming, just um, north of where Interstate 80 crosses into Nebraska on a ranch. And so I came from a ranching family. I actually live in the home that my grandparents homesteaded back under the Homesteaded Act. Um, Swedish immigrants came out here. Uh, and settled um, some brothers and sisters. And so there was a lot of extended family, but under that Homestead Act. And so I actually live in my grandparents' home that they built. And it uh, was, they built on as they had money and finances. So it started as kind of a log cabin and the logs are still in some of the walls. Uh, But it was very tedious work because the lumber was quite a ways away and it was all done by wagon and horse teams and everything. So that's, and I'm um, a divorced mama too, adult children. I've got uh, five grandchildren. And so uh, I just, I'm really blessed. And I, and I still live here. I've lived a couple other places, but I moved back here in 1990. And so that's, that's a little about me. I love that. And that's such rich history, especially when you talk about the log cabin and using wagons to bring everything in. I don't think anybody today would even think about those things, but just I'm sure that it means a lot more to you just knowing all the hands on love and hard work and dedication that your family put into even putting your home together. I'm sure it brings a lot more value to you. Well, there's deep roots for um, the community and Mm -hmm. their faith uh, was an integral part. Otherwise, I don't think they, when you hear the stories of what they endured and the Mm -hmm. hardships and the difficulties along the way and how they hand dug their wells. And out here, we don't have a high water table. It's very deep. Um, Some of Mm -hmm. them were 200 feet deep and they hand dug those. And so um, they were very, they persevered. Uh, but their faith was very important, and they founded a church in 1905, and so that's always been a part of um, of the town heritage. And as the community developed around the railroad when the railroad came, and so it uh, and there was uh, some brothers that married sisters, and so there was a, a very large extended family. And I think that was part of the reason that they were able to endure was their faith, and they were surrounded by others that held them up in a, in a strong community. I love that. I love that. And let's talk a little bit about perseverance and faith. You know, as you think about your journey, what has that been like for you? Like just knowing who you are today, have you always known or what was that journey for you? 
I, I didn't always know, but I was, I'm so blessed and so thankful to have grown up in a really solid Christian home. I came to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, well, as my Savior at an early age because we had strong uh, biblical but biblically based children's programs. So I grew up hearing the word, hearing the stories um, and such faithful people who served to make sure that it was passed down to generations. And so I came to know Jesus. Um, and then I remember there being such a strong youth program. And I got involved in we had were part of a rocky mountain conference of churches and they had youth rallies then for the entire conference so there was just this very solid time of um, emphasis on the word emphasis on sharing your faith and um, i began to take leadership roles and i don't really know i'm i'm a type a driven personality firstborn uh, <laughs> with perfectionist tendencies i always say but I, I just i don't know it wasn't something that i felt like my parents expected of me i just mm -hmm. began to step into leadership roles in my youth group i attended a small rural high school and i stepped stepped into leadership roles there. And so it, it became a pattern, not because I necessarily felt called, but because there were so many opportunities for me to serve. I served in um, a junior livestock, a national junior livestock organization and was on the board of directors for three years. And so God just provided all these opportunities. And I don't really um, remember a time where I thought about, oh, is this who I am or is this who I am? Um, there was the combination of knowing what the Christian life was supposed to look like from a solid background in the word. And there was also just a lot of opportunities and something inside me, which had to have been God just directing my life, preparing me for what he had ahead, training me from, from early, from some of my earliest memories. So I don't really remember struggling with knowing who I was. Now, I, on the flip side, it wasn't necessarily because I felt like God had called me to those things. I was just taking advantage of opportunities in front of me. And because I think because we did have a very solid background in the idea that being a Christian meant serving others and it meant being active in your local church. It meant being active in the world around you. Um, so those things kind of just came together, not coincidentally, but because of God's orchestrating it to, to begin to train me at an early age. And I don't ever re remember struggling necessarily with who I was, but I don't, wouldn't ever say that I had a real, as clear a picture as I do now of our identity in Christ Jesus. And that being the only place it could be found because I was successful in what I was able to do. And I knew that God was helping me, but it was more that, well, he was helping me. I was doing it, but he, and, and that isn't a correct biblical uh, mm -hmm. view. So it, God has just gradually had to bring me and grow me up. And I'm so thankful that he, he, when we seek him, even in the most simple kind of, um, you know, um, ways that he meets us there. He doesn't ever say, well, you've got to get to this place before I'll meet you. I'll just meet you where you are and I'll take you to the next step. And if you're, or if you are obedient, I will keep taking you to the next step, but it depends on our being obedient because if we're not going to do what he's already showed us, why would he show us anything else? And why would he take us to the next place? But I would say that the big turning point came as I, having grown up in the church, I knew a lot about the Bible, but it was in 2004 that I took some inductive training, uh, inductive Bible study training. And as I began to study the word for myself and to get into it, and for some reason I'd grown up thinking that only people who went to Bible college, only pastors could study it. But that's when I really began to see, and it, it starts with who God is. It always goes back to the character, nature, and attributes of God. And then from there, 
we're able to put the other pieces into place, but it has to start there. And that has to start. Nobody can tell. I mean, they can teach you those things, but until you begin to get into the word and have the Holy Spirit show you those things, I, I don't think you can do it on your own. That's so true. And I think to your point, um, it reminds me of 2 Timothy 2.15 of studying to show yourself to prove like you can learn from others, but it becomes much more real when you're able to walk that out and really get to know God for yourself and what his word means. And so you talked about you helping God, <laughs> um, even just through some of those activities and leadership roles that presented themselves to you. What was kind of that pivotal point where you realized it's not just that these are opportunities that were presented to you, but these were things that you were really created to do and fulfill as part of like your purpose. After I began to take my uh, inductive Bible study training to be a leader, I took a class from another leader that was on spiritual gifts, uh, an inductive study of what all the passages, you know, say about spiritual gifts. And I guess that was the real turning point of seeing, oh, wait a minute these aren't just things I can do. And um, I began to see, oh yes, I feel I'm most fulfilled. I can thrive. And even though I may be scared to death, the first Bible study I let, well, even just going to the training, I sat mm -hmm. in the back of the room. I kept my eyes down. I made sure I was like, do not call on me. Do not call on me. The first day I thought, I don't know where those people are getting those, these answers, but they're finding answers. Well, the, all of a sudden, the second day, the Holy Spirit, the light came on and I thought I can do this. But I remember that feeling of, oh, do not call on me. I don't want to be, I don't want to be singled out. And, um, but then as I began to study, I thought, oh, those are all pieces of, of God training me and showing me the gifts that he's given, the spiritual gifts that were given um, by the whole or through the Holy Spirit. And I wished I'd have realized them earlier on. I was using them, but I I don't feel and and God was orchestrating. So I know he was still accomplishing it even if I didn't know why I was doing some of the things I was doing, but then it gave me a real purpose and a real grounding in the word for why I was doing it and and making me more keenly aware of if God had given it to me, then I needed to exercise it and not pull back and and to rely on him. Because the first time I, I, I started leading locally and then I took a couple of online Bible studies once Precept Ministries had those. And I remember saying in the midst of one of these Bible studies, I said, um, oh, I could just never do this online. And the leader said, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And God would not let me forget that. The Holy Spirit kept bringing that to mind. And so then I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to. And, and still, as I lead interactive Bible studies every week, I still come thinking, oh, I just can't do this. I just can't do this. And that's where we're supposed to be because then we, we ad admit our dependence on the Holy Spirit. And then he, we're open so he can flow through us and he can give us the things to say. He can remind us of the truth. He can guide us into all truth. And it's not me leading then. And it takes, it's such a freeing um, experience because I'm not de depending on me or my knowledge, which would never cut it. And so I think that was really as I studied what the Bible said about the body of Christ and how he designed it to operate. I think that probably was the turning point. So when you did start teaching online, was that fear still there knowing that the Holy Ghost was going to lead you? How did you overcome that fear? It's still there. It's still there. Every, mm -hmm. every night when I open the meeting, I'm like, oh no, I, I just, this is, I don't think this is going to go well. And, <laughs> um, and I, but I, time and time again, I've watched the spirit of God just step in and just take over. He directs the discussion. He will bring questions to mind, but seeing it as a group of believers joining together to sharpen one another, to encourage one another, to exhort one another. And I am amazed at the things that I will have missed studying 
that the Holy Spirit has shown to someone else or the different people in the group because of their experience where they are in their journey. And it's just such a rich time. So then as we discuss, it, it's not me. The burden isn't on me. People are just sharing and it's a group just, I just um, kind of lead the discussion rather than um, I'm not teaching anybody. But as we come together in that way and share what God has shown us during the week through his Holy Spirit, through his word, he's always faithful to show up and and to take over and do what he's always said he would do if I so just true. depend and let go. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the key of letting go to your point where previously where you were like, God's helping you and then realizing that really it's God leading it and being able to transition to where the pressure is off of you because you know the Holy Ghost is going to give you the words that you need to say to reach the people in the way they need to be reached. So I think that growth is critical, being able to know that it's okay to let go and just let God lead you. So I love that. Well, when I was so convicted a few years back of the idea as I studied, I did a study by Ann Graham Lotz on the Holy Spirit and and I was so convicted over the pride and arrogance in my heart that said that ever thought I was in control. I would mm -hmm. develop all these elaborate plans and plan things out and then they would go wrong. And then I would have, you know, be upside down trying to come up with a plan B. And, and, and one day I thought, how on earth did I ever think I was in control of anything? Mm -hmm. God must have sat up there and when is she going to get this? A God who sits outside of time and sees the beginning from the end. And here I am down here seeing one little drop in one little thimble and thinking I know enough to even control what's happening, let alone even if I knew what to do, I don't have the power. And mm -hmm. that was tremendously convicting in my heart that I had spent all that time and, and pride and arrogance wiggle their way. And I remember in the Truth Project, um, that Del Tackett did. He said, the uh, most pernicious lie is that it's all about me. And that pride and that arrogance wiggles its way in. Even when I think I'm guarding against a boy, I'm not going to be proud. I'm not going to. And all of a sudden it's, it's there in, in my attitudes and some of the things, the foundations under my thinking. And so God has to constantly convict me, Martha. I love Ch Chuck Swindle says, God is God and nothing less people are people and nothing more. Yep. <laughs> and I think, boy, I need reminded <laughs> of my God is in control and I don't even yes. want that. That's why he can say, I can't think of the reference, but um, come to me, all you who are weary yes. and heavy laden, take my yoke upon you. And his yoke is letting going let, and acknowledging that he is the only one that can control. He is the only one that can move in ways that I want things to happen. And so that yoke is so freeing because control is a terrible burden to bear. Trying to control people around you, trying to control the circumstances. Here in Wyoming, the biggest, sometimes the biggest issue is controlling the weather because it doesn't, <laughs> but I can't control any of those things. Yeah. And so to, uh, to acknowledge that in, in a spirit of worship, is really what God desires. And for us to say, oh, I'm so thankful, God, that you are in control and that mm -hmm. I don't have to be because I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the wisdom. I can't even see enough to be in control, let alone have the power to make it happen. So it's very freeing. And that verse took on new meaning because yeah. his, that is his yoke is giving it all to him, letting him be the one. Because when you're yoked together with somebody that I, and having grown up with the, the knowledge of horses and teams and how they work, that's a very profound word picture for me. Yeah. And so I'm just so thankful that I wished I'd have learned earlier um, because it is so freeing and, and you don't have to be constantly worried. Well, is this going to work out? Is this going to go? And then the slightest little thing can throw it yeah. off when I, when it's my, all about my plans. That's so true. And I, I can think of times of even being thrown off where it was like, I'm in control. And it was like, here's that reminder that no, you're really not. Can you think of a time that you felt that way that you've had to struggle where you wanted to control something, but God was like, nope, give it to me. But it was hard for you to let go. Oh, I would say there's been a lot of those issues. Um, and I, as I look back, I have to say each one got more difficult, to be honest. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, it's all, one of my favorite stories has always been, 
And I've just been studying it here this last week um, when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son and that idea of living with open hands and whether it's my adult children, my grandchildren, some of the fears in the world, um, having to let go of those things. I, I would say it's just a constant struggle as they encounter things or as life changes come. And just, I think probably one of the, the biggest just wake up calls was the pandemic and when they shut everything down. I mean, that was just like, wait a minute, wait. It was something that I had never experienced. And, uh, but there have been other times I, um, let me see, it's been three years ago, four years ago, I fell in and broke my shoulder and had to have really serious surgery. And letting go of, wow, what happened? There was no real earthly reason that I could ever go back and pinpoint and just, but God, God used that in such a powerful way. I'm a very visual type person in coming up with word pictures of things and that broken shoulder and the shatteredness of it and it had to be mended and then the rehab that had to take place and the the bible studies that God inserted at that point in my life for me to be able to take advantage um boy I think that was a real turning point in having to just say okay I can't I can't even take care of myself I had to have help taking care of myself and I just have to let go and release that so and then that was part of another very long and difficult journey so I think God the over and over God's just been gradually preparing me and graciously if he'd Mm -hmm. have thrown me in to that situation within my family at that point I'd have never survived but he had he had taken me through other trials that I thought were difficult and they were But Mm -hmm. at all times, he was growing my faith. He was growing my dependence. He was showing himself faithful. He was faithful then. He'll be faithful now. And over and over, he was just repeating that because he knew how how many times I would need to learn the lesson (laughs) over and over and over. But at a deeper level, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always say when I, I go back to the Truth Project was really a turning point because it was a worldview curriculum study. And I had all, I, I always tell people I had all the big cinder blocks, but I didn't have a lot of the mortar that builds okay. a wall. And yeah. and just the way he came at, ha- I, well, when it came out, in fact, I have to say, I, I didn't even know what a worldview was. I didn't know mm-hmm. whether I had one. This was back in like 2008 and it was just becoming a, a very talked about subject, but he is a gifted teacher and he just put together all those things in scripture that build the basis of the things that God established from the beginning mm-hmm. as pillars of truth and, and what we need to go back to that are all based on his character, nature and attributes. And so it's been a constant progress even before then, um, mm-hmm. gradually one little test and then they got bigger and or trial or you know suffering and i haven't suffered anywhere close to what other people have suffered but i'm just so thankful that it was it was just repeated even though they hurt even though they were hard even though i thought at that point well it can't get any more difficult well it it, in ways it did it just in a different way but there were different things in god saying I'm in control and I have a plan and you seek me first in my kingdom and then I will orchestrate the other things in your life that have to happen. Absolutely. And you mentioned even when you hurt your shoulder and having to get help when you're used to taking care of yourself. That makes me even think of the times that God is waiting for us to reach out and ask him for help. So how was that even in that moment that you had to ask for help because you couldn't take care of yourself and then learning to lean on God and ask him for help when you needed it? You know, it actually, um, it was, a, a, like I said, part of a, a very large, way bigger story. But what mm-hmm. I discovered in all that was not only the result of my reaching out to him and saying, you're going to have to put the pieces together and provide for me was that he brought me to a place where I had to humble myself 
and reach out to others. And mm -hmm. he had already placed in my life four different women um, that I was in Bible study with. And he brought me to a place one at a time. Um, part one was another situation in a, her child's life, her adult child's life that got us to praying. And then we thought, well, maybe, maybe we should pray together. And mm -hmm. so we began praying together and then God just began to say, this is a weekly commitment. Well, now I have all four of those women that I meet with individually each week, but it was that key of admitting to someone else. Mm -hmm. I am I'm torn apart inside. I am, I, I never questioned my faith. I knew God was there. I knew he was in control, but it was just such a deep valley to walk through because about a year after that, my dad suddenly passed away and I, it just felt like I was drowning. And I even remember, I don't, I'm, I don't have visions. I don't have dreams necessarily, but I had mm -hmm. been really, really grappling with uh, the depression that comes with grief and that exhaustion. And um, one night um, I, I dreamed that I was falling into, I'd been walking out in the deep snow and all of a sudden I was falling into this deep hole and I just kept sliding down, down, down. And I didn't hear a, a, a audible voice, but mm -hmm. I, I heard, look up and I looked up and there were hands, not just a hand, but hands reaching down. And I had the, I, the, the idea, grab hold of those hands and eventually you will find a way out of this deep pit. And wow. when I reached up and grabbed, all of a sudden the snow disappeared in my dream and there were steps. Now I was, the dream ended there. But mm -hmm. I knew God was saying, hanging on as tightly as you can to these other women who are established in their faith, who are committed to pray with you and admitting your weaknesses, admitting wow. that you don't have it all together. And that that has just God has used that in such a powerful way, because what he's doing in my life he will be working something in different circumstances. But when we come together every week and share and pray, it, it expands both of our perceptions yeah. and our perspectives. And God just says, yep, this is what I'm trying to teach you, ladies. And it's just been a glorious experience. But it all came out of having to humble because I could always push my way through everything. Mm -hmm. And my uh, shoulder required extensive rehab. And at times I, I, I cried because it hurt so bad. But I thought, well, what's your option? <laughs> Say, no, I'm going to stop here. <laughs> I don't care if I can't use my shoulder the rest of my life. Um, so God just was so real at that point. And, and yet there were more difficult things to come in the bigger picture, in the bigger story, and then in my dad's passing. And so it, it but God is faithful and yeah. he never, uh, he never wastes those trials. And if, if Jesus walked this earth and suffered what he did for me, for me to think I'm going to walk it in a rose garden and never have yeah. to because we're we're living in a broken world and i can't mm -hmm. put all those pieces together things are going to happen and i but i don't have to put them together because i know my creator is sovereign and he is in control and he does have a plan no matter whether it looks like that to me or not so boy that just being grounded in who god is is so has been so key but i didn't get there without a <laughs> a lot of bumps, a lot of bruises, and a lot of deep valleys that still haven't, you know, that I'm still walking. Mm -hmm. So that it isn't a, well, you know, we just passed the test and we're good to go. It's a constant mm -hmm. because he is transforming us. And I love not too long ago, I heard Chuck Swindoll say, Jesus did not die on the cross to make your life better. He died on the cross to transform you. And when something is transformed, if you transform power, it, it changes its form. And so I am changed from the inside out yes. into something I could never do myself. And so just that, that shift in my perspective, because I do think a lot of us, you know, and I, um, 
watched a seminar and, and they call it meo christianity in today's mm -hmm. society god is still all about me and he i just have him alongside me but i choose the church i like the music at i choose the church i like what i hear taught and i choose this and i choose that and god's all just about my comfort and mm -hmm. about and god's god wants us to be holy and yes. righteous because he created us in his image and that's what he created adam and eve to be and and so the fall has affected us all but we still because we've got his holy spirit i i don't think we even have any idea what god can do in us here on this in this fallen earth if we will but just be faithful and walk with him because we see in the bible yep. over and over <laughs> what he did with ordinary people just like fallible yes. people who didn't get it right away just like me and so i'm just so thankful that it's, it's not so about true. me and it doesn't depend on me and it never will and it never has whether i thought it did or not <laughs> no matter how long it took me to realize that <laughs> but i think we all walk around with that same mindset of like oh i can fix it i'm gonna help this person i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna fix that but to your point a lot of times it's out of our control and we can't fix it and you mentioned something that was so critical when you were like admitting that weakness you know, we're supposed to confess our sins to each other so that we can cover each other because iron sharpens iron. But if you never admit that you need help, it's a lot harder for you to get the help that you need. And I think that's the key. And just that shift in your mindset of knowing, okay, I do need help. I am broken. I need someone else that can help cover me in prayer because it's the same thing you can do for them when they need help. So I love that you have that group of women that you're attached to each other and covering each other in prayer and walking this journey of life together because we definitely can't do it alone for sure. Well, and I think it's it's that spirit that binds us together, though. Mm -hmm. I don't think you just run around confessing all your yeah, dirty laundry. And you didn't say that. But I mean, I think we can get that because I think in this culture, you're just supposed to tell everybody everything. And, you know, and and that isn't it either. It's that bond mm -hmm. in Christ. Yes. And we, we're, we're seeking to walk with him in our own personal lives and then and i think god leads you to very specific people um that yes. he's going to be able to use that have maybe similar experiences maybe they come from a, an entirely different perspective so because i can get very narrow minded and very you know just keep my eyes on this tiny little piece instead of seeing a bigger picture and so it was something that um that I watched God do, it wasn't, I went out looking and, okay, God, you've got to bring me, I mean, he orchestrated it all, but it, it came as a result of being in community in, even in online Bible study. These are people that mm -hmm. I don't, I don't eat, that don't even live around here. We meet in zoom every week at different times. And so, but we were already had, had joined together in studying God's word in different environments and in different classes. And mm -hmm. that, so it's, it's God's hand at each of those little steps and never knowing what hangs in the balance of our obedience or our disobedience. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I, you know, signed up for a Bible study. Well, he put me in a Bible study with somebody else. Or when I began to lead, he brought people to my class. And, and one of those prayer partners came from there as she watched me lead. And as she saw me begin to struggle and kind of, you know, not really go astray, but just she, she could tell I was struggling. Well, mm -hmm. God had orchestrated her taking the class in the beginning, but he'd orchestrated me saying, you got to lead and i had had to step out in faith it was a crisis of faith and but when when we trust him to do what we believe he's and even if we kind of get it wrong he corrects us as we go and so i'm so thankful for that too it's so true it's so true and he's such a gentleman about it it's not like he's overbearing or constantly bring up each thing that you did like he's right there gentle compassion and teaching you, well, here's a better way next time, do it this way. And I love how you talked about how he orchestrates like those divine connections. That's what I call them, divine connections, yes. that you both showed up there for a reason. Neither one of you had any idea why, but look at the growth that has come from it since then. Oh, yes. And I couldn't ever put it together. I couldn't have ever chosen those people and found a way to bring them into my life the way God did. Such a blessing, exactly. such a, a rich blessing.
Truly, truly. Well, Martha, what would you say has been the biggest aha moment you've had in your journey or where God has had to stretch you the most? Well, I would say that control factor, um, mm -hmm. letting go and let he, and and realizing that I don't know what other people need and he does. Mm -hmm. I can't control other people, but I, yeah. um, I guess the the that what as God drew us together to pray, there were two stories from Scripture. Um, two accounts in scripture. One was when Moses was on the mountain and Joshua was fighting in the valley. Uh, one day I got this idea that I didn't see, as you study that passage, Moses wasn't on the mountain yelling down instructions to Joshua. <laughs> he could see the battle going <laughs> on. And I am so much, um, we see in scripture, Jesus came full of truth, and grace. I really mm -hmm. do well with the truth side. I can get to grace, but it takes me a while. I just, <laughs> if I tell you the truth from scripture mm -hmm. and I give you your instructions and you mm -hmm. follow it, everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, the, the idea, so Moses wasn't preaching a sermon to Joshua. He wasn't mm -hmm. screaming instructions. And I was, had always been, well, if God showed me, then I need to show it to somebody else. And sometimes <laughs> that's what he calls us to do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our lessons just aren't for us. But my idea, well, now I'm going to teach it to them, whether they want to learn it or not. Well, I saw Moses was on the mountain with his hands lifted. He had two friends holding his hands up. And Joshua still had to fight that battle in the valley. And I, I cannot explain it. But the battle depended upon Moses keeping those hands in the air. Mm -hmm. And that was a very clear picture for these friends, these prayer partners of mine and I, that our job was, because we were all grandmothers by then, was to mm -hmm. stand on the mountain in prayer and we could see the battle, but it wasn't our job to straighten our kids or our grandkids out. If God calls us to speak, we will. If he calls us to share truth or uh, experience, fine. But our job was to keep our hands and to stand on the mountain in prayer. The other places in Ezekiel, when God says, I looked for someone to stand in the gap. And there yes. was no one. And we said, oh, now, wait a minute. I can hold on to their hand. I can hold on to God's hand. And even if there's a gap in their relationship with the Lord, I can stand in the gap. I don't ever want God to say, I looked for someone to stand in the gap. And there was no one. No, we're called. Uh, we just felt like the Lord was calling us because of the culture and the battles that young parents and then our grandchildren are fighting. Uh, and living in that God called us if to pray for them. And yes, he's given us insight into the battle so that we can more effectively pray. And see, I, I always in the beginning thought, well, he showed me so I can straighten them out. No, no. He's giving me a picture of the battle that they don't see. Joshua had an entirely different picture of the battle than Moses had. And so God's going to give them a picture of the battle they're fighting. I may see a different picture so that I can pray more effectively so that I can keep my hands raised in the air. And those two friends, as we pray as partners and pray for each one of our kids and our grandkids, I think that's been a real just and and the spiritual warfare that comes when you get serious about doing that is. Mm -hmm. um, but but I I think the other aha moment was when I began to see, because I studied, there was a time when I studied a lot of, about spiritual warfare because I was so naive and so just didn't know what God's word said. But it, there's two sides of that coin as for the believer, for the believer. Yes, Satan has schemes. He's always trying to get us off course. But God is sovereign and everything, every scheme that Satan brings, God can use for good. And so I can't, I can't separate the coins, which I tried to do, but I also can't understand either side fully. I just have to trust. That's faith. 
so I acknowledge both, but I, uh, at one time I would have said, oh, that's a scheme of the devil. He's just, well, but God may be allowing him because we see of what we see in Job and yeah. over and over he tested his people. And so just a balance. I think that is the other thing is to stay balanced in my study of the word by knowing the entire word, not just one or two verses here, not just yeah. one passage here. But seeing, and I'm not saying you have to memorize it all. I'm just saying a book by book, verse by verse, chapter by chapter study, getting into the word inductively, which I love that. And we are so blessed today because we have so many free online yeah. tools, yep. you know, to know what the original language was, to know what those original Greek and Hebrew words, and that just makes it come alive and gives it a whole different look sometimes than we get from our English language. And yeah. so, but those aren't difficult things. They take time and that's, that's at a premium for all of us, but we choose how we spend our time because we all have so the same amount of time and what we choose to invest in and what we choose to let go of is always hard. It's always an individual battle too. But being able to know, oh, okay, I see this thread, that meta narrative of scripture, those threads that God wove from beginning in Genesis to Revelation, and how important that is to just be really intentional about the same way we learn math. We learn the Bible yeah. the same way. And that's so true. It. So that's, that's really been the key for me. Well, Martha, what about those who are listening that maybe they haven't quite gotten into the word and they don't know where to start. If they wanted to get started, where would you direct them to go first? Or what scripture would you say that they should start with to really start their journey with God? Well, a lot of times I hear people say, well, you need to start in this book or this book or this book. But if you're at the very beginning, that can seem overwhelming. If you're mm -hmm. at a different season of life than I'm in where, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a little bit older. I have a little bit more time that's at my discretion. I don't have young children. Uh, busy, yes, but I have a little bit more choice in, you know, when I get up, when I go to bed, all those things, yeah. <laughs> you know, that sometimes people are, it's out of their control and, mm -hmm. and the work situations that I have. But so that can be overwhelming is to say, mm -hmm. well, start in John and read well, or, you know, I've tried reading my whole Bible through and reading, you know, this many Psalms and this, and I just get bogged down. I've tried reading it chronologically and my, my very um, straight linear brain just cannot just handle that instead of the way it's in my Bible. And so, so there's so much, it, it, there's so much that depends on whether you're a detail oriented person or a global big picture, whether you yeah. learn best by listening. I love to listen. I have two or three Bible teachers that I believe are trusted, trustworthy men of God mm -hmm. who have shown themselves that over time that I try to listen to. Yeah. Um, but I, so if you're, if you hear it, you know, the idea that, yeah, I'm studying it. I've got my Bible and I'm looking at what they're talking about, mm -hmm. but I, I'm not doing it while I'm doing a hundred other things, multitasking. Yeah. I'm focused yeah. in, uh, but, um, I guess one of the things that I think is a really good place to start. That's easy enough that every person can do it is, um, cultivate what matters has writing the word journals and they give you they have a subject and i don't oh yes mine is right here um it this one is on forgiveness but they they have they have ones that some of them you can pick your own scriptures this is cultivate forgiveness let go and let god uh but every day um and and if you don't get it done every day you don't get behind it's just you put in the date, so you do it whenever you try. I try to be every day because there's something about reading the word and writing it that mm -hmm. makes us remember it more and, and yeah. helps us process it. But they give you a short passage. Like today I'm writing Romans 4, 6 through 8. You mm -hmm. Write it on one page, and then you have a page where if you have any thoughts or any prayer things or whatever the Holy Spirit brings to mind. But it's always just one or two or three verses. And you can, you just write them in any translation yeah. and then you can think about it through the day and write more at night. You can do it in two days if you can't, but it's, it's doable. It's doable mm -hmm. because it's so simple and, and it, and you can get them by topic. 
and then okay. you can get ones that you can do your own, pick your own verses. But most of us, it helps us to have a little guidance in the beginning. Yes. To have something to follow. Most people kind of like to follow something. Mm -hmm. And I have found this to be just invaluable in my life. Having that, um, and, and it's easy enough, and, but yet as you get into the word and you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit, to guide um the other thing you can do is i love faith gateway they are continually offering free online bible studies they have a facebook okay. community for each one of them you have to buy if you want to buy the book you can if you want to buy the okay. study guide you can but they make the six vi videos that go with the series available okay. for a certain amount of time you watch them they release one every monday so if you're that type of learner and you need maybe you can't do more than uh i just finished louis giglio's don't give the enemy a seat at your table and it was a marvelous oh, yeah. um, but sometimes i don't buy the book sometimes i just watch the videos sometimes i join look at what people are saying in their uh community um mm -hmm. every week one of the um Proverbs 31 leaders or faith gateway leaders kind of sends out either a little short email or so there's all different kinds of ways. I think what bogged me down in, in my early Christian life and when mm -hmm. I was younger was somebody saying, well, you've got to have this much time in prayer and then you've got to yep. do this and then you've got to do this and then you've got to do this or you've got to follow this little devotional. And as long as you just read the little thing and read the Bible verse and say the prayer at the bottom, that that there isn't a one size fits all. Yep. It depends so on where you are. It depends on what season of life you're in. But it's when you begin to intentionally make time, even if it's only yes. five minutes, this idea, well, you yep. got to spend 30 minutes, you got to set aside. Well, sometimes that's that just totally is not doable for young yeah. parents nowadays or for singles that are working and involved in all kinds of things. So, but I really think that if I were to pick one tool, I could recommend that and say, I think anybody can do this. And it's an easy yeah. enough place. And God always meets us where we start. So yeah, yes. you'll find that he, you start to expand it, the time you spend, you know, and it, it, and, and prayer, the Holy Spirit guides you with insights and brings prayer ways you can pray and being able to pray the scripture, pray what God has spoken, not what he didn't need me to tell him what I think he should do. That's, that's really revolutionized my prayer life too, is basing it on, but what does God's word say? about mm -hmm. this what is his perspective on this so rather than pray that everything will go rosy for my day well that may not be what accomplishes his purposes in my life and it clearly hasn't been in the past so, <laughs> <laughs> so i think I, I i really like those because but it's the writing of the word and yeah. and and then it's well, kind yeah. of in your mind during the day if you do it in the morning if you add the other thing was I'm a morning person. So yeah, I like to do it that way, but I also like to end it that way. But to say, oh, you have to have it in the morning or your day's going to be shot is I just, we can't do that. God is a personal yeah. God and he leads in personal individual ways and we need to give him the space to do that. Exactly. And I think that's the most important key is giving him that space and the intentionality. And so if people are like, oh my gosh, I love listening to Martha. I want to connect with her. Where can they connect with you even after the show? I have an email. It's studywithmartha at gmail.com. All one. That's what I use for my interactive Bible studies um, to okay. communicate with people. I'll be starting a new one um in january it's they're usually limited in size but you can okay. uh people can sign up for them when um by just contacting me through that um okay. and they're advertised or not advertised they're publicized on beloved okay. truth um you can look up the beloved truth community i believe okay. is um the best way to see those right now and they okay. they usually post studies all the time but they're they also have these interactive studies and people leading studies um but my email they're welcome to connect with me on via email studywithmartha at gmail.com 
I love it. I love it, Martha. I really appreciate your time and these wisdom nuggets that you've given us today. I'm encouraged to be like, oh my goodness, I can do more. It's okay. I don't have to fix it all because that's always been for me being the fixer and being in control. So I could relate to so much of that. So I just appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us and giving us these nuggets that you've learned along the way. Um, I believe it's going to help a lot of people. And so we just want to thank you for your time. And I would love for you to um, pray us out if that would be okay. Absolutely. Because I just, I was amazed at how God orchestrated even this opportunity. And because he's been laying on my heart, Martha, there's a, there's some stories you need to be telling, but it's very hard for me to open up and, mm -hmm. and that way. So this has been a tremendous blessing and a growth opportunity for me. And <laughs> we have no idea what God has in store when, yes. when we just step out. And that's the blessing because he always does above and beyond what we could imagine. So Heavenly Father, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your presence and your presence in each one of us through the Holy Spirit when we know Jesus Christ as Savior. And I thank you that you've given us your word. You haven't left us to try and figure out who you are. And yet, even as much as we seek after you, we can never fully understand an infinite God. But thank you that you've said, if we seek you, we will find you. It doesn't mean we're going to ever find all of God, but you give us what we need to take the next step. And you're always so faithful. And over and over in scripture, we see that pattern of take the step, step out in faith, and God will meet you there. And then he will have you step out in faith again. It's never a process that ends until we get to heaven. But we thank you that it's all dependent upon you, what you did for us through Jesus Christ on the cross paying the penalty that i could never pay and how we thank you and praise you that as a result of that you've sent your holy spirit to dwell in believers and give us the power we need to do what you call us to do continue to bless this ministry and to speak to those who have deep needs because all around us are hurting people and we want to be your hands your feet your way of reaching them but only to connect them with the true source and that will always be you thank you and we praise you in jesus name amen in jesus name amen thank you so much for tuning in to today's show we hope that you are leaving feeling equipped to think with purpose, empowered to act in purpose, and encouraged to live on purpose. If you aren't sure where to start and you would like to have the first five truths to help you build that foundation to start thinking with purpose, head over to thejourneyofyou.net forward slash equipped. Again, that's thejourneyofyou.net forward slash equipped so that you can download those first five truths of getting you started to think with purpose and really pursuing all that God created you to be. I'm excited to do this journey with you. Remember, this is your journey. It's where your life begins.